Hey everyone, and welcome back to Practically Zero Waste, a podcast for making zero waste living as practical as possible. Today I had a conversation with nutrition artist Michelle Jalen from Hamilton, Ontario, about how to get started in the kitchen with the right tools, the right ingredients, and the right mindset. Cooking a meal at home doesn't have to be daunting, and it's a great way to start reducing waste in your own home. So let's get to it. Hey, Michelle. Hey, Elspeth. Tell me, what is a nutrition artist? So I have an art degree, and I'm really into the arts. But then I also went back to school to become a registered dietitian, Mm -hmm. a nutritionist. So uh, what I've noticed now in my career is that I've kind of been doing both things where, yes, I mean, I, I do art stuff, and but I don't work in a traditional nutrition uh, registered dietitian setting. Like, I don't work in acute care, in a hospital, or in a long-term care facility. Like, the stuff I do is more with media and nutrition communication, and there's a real art to communication, I find. It's um, dietetics is a science that is delivered through the arts, I would say. It makes me a more effective communicator. So that's how that came about. That's awesome. My skills. <laughs> Thank you. So what does that look like in a regular day for you? So every day is different. If I have a TV segment, I am up very early and, (laughs) uh, you know, go down, go over to the station, wherever it is. Could be breakfast television, could be uh, CHCH Morning Live in Hamilton, which is where I I live. And uh, usually, you know, I got to set everything up. Segment goes, let's say a segment is like five minutes long. It goes by so quickly. Before wow. I know it, I'm heading home. Wow. After to clean up and everything. Um, and then usually I would get on my other projects. So that's if I have TV in the morning. Um, other days, too, if I have um, a networking event later on in the day, then the day would start later. It's never really the same every day, which is why I think I enjoy it and I keep doing it. That is like a typical day, which I guess is not so typical. Wow, that's awesome. So it could be like a pretty big variety. So you said you still work with clients individually. Is like, what does that look like? Uh, Usually my clients are uh, companies that want to consult because they want to work on a new product that is healthier. Let's say they have a product right now that's not really the healthiest version and they want to, you know, remake it or rejig it to make it like healthier for the consumer, which is what a lot of consumers want these days. So I would consult with them and talk to them about what they want and what they're looking for. That's kind of like the recipe development side of the stuff I do. But it can also be like a client that uh, they want me to talk about maybe a, like a healthy product on television. Uh, oh yeah, it could also be like an editor. The editor says, right. okay, you know, you're writing this article for whatever, and this is what I want. And this is the word count. And I'm like, okay, so that's what I mean when I say like meetings or conference yeah. calls. And so is that yes. kind of the main focus is just healthy eating or is it healthy lifestyle? Is it healthy mind? I find also when people talk about health, they want it to be more holistic. And when I say holistic, it means it's not just the healthy eating. Mm-hmm. I mostly speak towards healthy eating, but a lot of times other stuff comes into play too. So when I did used to do more one-on-one clients, a lot of them would always, you know, I feel tired later on in the day and this is why I'm snacking because I feel like I don't have energy. And then we end up talking about sleep. You know, they say, well, you know, I realized too that I, I don't sleep very much. And uh, if you don't get enough rest too, you're more likely, your body's more likely to crave carbohydrates to keep yourself awake and going. So like, 
we end up talking more about that other stuff. So, I mean, nothing ever happens just in a vacuum. Yeah. So kind of a bit of everything. Absolutely. Yeah. Human beings are this big interconnected mess of superhighways <laughs> that need all of these yeah. different things and they're all connected and lack of sleep, healthy eating and, you know, too much screen time, lack of activity. Yeah. All of them are connected. So where did your motivation come from for eating well or eating healthy? I wasn't always like this. Like, <laughs> like I mean, I was like, you know, like a nerdy art student and like, all I ate was like pizza and I just wanted to oh, paint. Pizza and, yeah. so good. <laughs> Like, I wasn't really always into this kind of thing until in university, I realized that if I had gotten more activity, I would be able to manage stress better. If I did yoga, you know, it would help with kind of like the anxiety of exams or assignments, and that kind of thing. And that's kind of where I got my start getting interested in, in this kind of thing was just realizing that the kind of activity I did and what I put into my body can actually impact how I felt. Wow. And so that's how I got started being into this. I love that because, mm-hmm. sorry, I'm eating while we're talking about food. That's fine. <laughs> it's not a good thing to be doing when you're recording a podcast. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Okay. It's one of the things I love about Elspeth <laughs> is that she's just like, you're just so authentic. You're just like, yeah, this is what I'm doing. And yeah, it's it's just happening. Whatever. It's great. Yeah, That's why exactly. You're a wonderful parent. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so people who are interested in this kind of lifestyle, I'm just thinking of our listeners here who are going to be starting to think about, is nutrition something that I have to incorporate into my life too? We talked about interconnectivity already, and so healthy eating, healthy living, helps manage stress, helps you to sleep better, helps you to kind of slow down and live more mindfully. All of those things are connected, and so I think that that is something that could easily be incorporated into a lifestyle that is focusing on eco-friendly living. Yes, eco-friendly living and nutrition, those things actually go quite hand in hand and I don't think a lot of people maybe they may not think about that right away but just for example like when you think more about you know having a healthy meal let's say for example you you're, you're going to cook yourself dinner the amount of packaging for example that you use when you cook your own meals is a lot less than if you were going to go and get takeout at a restaurant or like you ever notice you go to like a fast food restaurant and you get a paper bag styrofoam you know, container and your plastic cutlery and your double plastic bag to keep yep. it from leaking and-, and when you think more about you know oh yes you know so tonight I'm going to cook for myself and I'm going to make this or I'm going to cook for my family or like you you pack your lunch for example the food you pack from home is always healthier than what you get almost always than what you would go out get at a store you're gonna have to put it in a in a Tupperware or like a glass mm-hmm. container or something you're gonna reuse it you know you're gonna wash it you know you're not gonna just throw away mm-hmm. the, the packaging like if you would if you didn't maybe think about the nutrition aspect and just went over to like the fast food restaurant and just got whatever was there, right? Exactly, yeah. And even there are fast food options that are decidedly healthier than going to mm-hmm. McDonald's. But even then, if you're if you're trying to be more conscious of what you are putting into your body, yes, you can make that choice to go to Freshy or whatever the Whole Foods mm-hmm. takeout counter mm-hmm. or something like that. But yep. you can also be totally in control of what you're putting in your body by starting with fresh ingredients at your own house. That's correct. Do you make a lot of things from scratch or how do you like to cook? So I try to. Now, realistically, I know that sometimes I'm busy and I don't really have time uh, to maybe cook my fresh vegetables from scratch. Maybe one day I'll use like, you know, my frozen vegetables or, or whatnot, which is still, you know, I mean, it comes in a bag, which... But, but I, it's, still, it's very realistic and very approachable yeah. for people who are just starting off. So go on. <laughs> yes. So I will try to, you know, if I cook, let's say, for example, I'm making rice or making beans, I would try to do the dried beans. Mm-hmm. But that 
can be challenging for a lot of people. Although even if I'm going and I get like a canned canned beans or whatever, mm-hmm. like at least I know I can recycle my tin. Exactly. My tin. Yeah. So I don't feel so bad about, you know, wasting and, and I mean there's beans are still healthy. So and also more economical. Like they're mm-hmm. much cheaper than buying like beef or you know, whatever other like meat like or fish, like those are expensive proteins. Exactly, right? yeah. So when I cook too, I don't use, I wouldn't say I use also in terms of equipment. I don't use, like I have my certain staple ones. Like I always have like my big kind of skillet. Yeah. Uh, very versatile. You can use it for many different things. If I'm making like a pasta, I can do it in there. I can also you know, use it for like a stir fry or to steam veggies or something if I wanted to, just by adding a bit of water in the pan, a little bit of oil, and then putting the lid on top. So it doesn't require a lot. In terms of utensils, like I would use like my, my kitchen tongs. I always use my kitchen tongs for many, many different things. And you don't really need a lot of fancy equipment, I don't think. I mean, even though I do have, I do have some of that stuff. Yeah. And mixer, which, you know, not everyone needs or I still make a lot of my stuff. Like I love actually just using a mixing bowl and having the, the whisk. I actually love doing that. I don't want to make me feel sad. <laughs> it just makes you feel good. You just feel like. like I'm a <laughs> chef. Look at me. Yeah, I got like, an apron yeah. and a whisk and a floppy hat. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. And it's, yeah. and it's nice to hear that I think for a lot of people, cooking can be really daunting for all kinds of different reasons. Yeah. And one of the reasons besides, oh, I don't have the time is I don't have the basic skills. And so the basic skills can either be knowledge, but also it can stem from not knowing how to use your your main tools, like you said. So you've got, you've got your skillet, you've got maybe a cutting board and a really sharp knife yep. is important because if you have a dull knife, then it makes chopping veggies really hard and you're just going to give up. You're going to be like, well, what if I just bought it pre-chopped in a package for a little bit more money? Yeah. And so, uh, or one of my ways of motivating myself to, to cook is to have some good tools to be able to work with. And then also just a, like a basic recipe that I can work off of. So it's not something that's super fancy. That's like separate the whites from the yolks mm-hmm. in your egg. And like, yeah. <laughs> not that that's super fancy, but also yeah. that's not your average recipe. And so it's nice to have some basic recipes, some basic skills, and some basic tools to work with all together. And I think that combined can really help kickstart your cooking experience. But do you have any other tips for people who are looking to to make stuff at home? So um, one of the ways I first started getting interested in cooking was through watching the Food Network. Oh! Which, I mean, the Food Network has changed. I mean, they have more of those competition shows now. I think more of that stuff has probably moved towards YouTube, even what you find online. And I actually find some of that stuff, you know, if you want to just Google, like, you know, how to make you know you go to or like those how-to websites like how to make lentils like something like that it's just and it's like step by step there's like picture for everything and and videos too it's like you're watching the food network but you just get to watch all those tasty videos or all of those ones that just step by step this is how you do it and the great thing is you can hit pause wind it you know i love that and because everything looks so beautiful yep (laughs) inspiring it's inspiring (laughs) (laughs) even if my stuff doesn't turn out looking as nice as that that's okay and I think that's also why some people get intimidated is they see all these beautiful dishes on, you know, Instagram or on the internet or it, it doesn't have to look that way. You're cooking to feed yourself, not going in a magazine or anything. So yeah, <laughs> I love that. And so what are the ways that you found cooking from scratch or cooking from home has improved your diet? Like a couple of average meals that you would make during the week that are different from your pizza university days. Yeah, I know pizza. What a student staple. I mean, I still make pizza. I made it last night. But what are some other options other than pizza that people can make? That are pretty good staples. One of the easiest things that I hope that I hope, but not everyone, learn to make is 
pasta. Yeah. <laughs> Right? I would go for like a whole grain pasta. Just depending on what kind buy, you don't have to get the one. They can come in cardboard and you can recycle it after and if you it makes you feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's one of the really easy ways to get started. I think also just a, a bit of some things that you can to make something healthier is having some knife skills, like in terms of chopping vegetables and stuff yeah. and, and kind of knowing everything just kind of has to be about the same size mm-hmm. so that it all cooks around at the same time. Uh, which might take a little bit of practice if you were to throw that into a pan and uh, like some of your vegetables or something, you know, with a little bit of oil and some salt or that kind of thing. That's a way you're kind of starting off cooking healthy veggie side dishes or that can go on to your, your pasta or that kind of thing. So I guess soup is a little bit hard. I would say soup yeah, is... Yeah, let's talk about soup. Okay, let's talk about soup. <laughs> I think when you first make your own soup, it's so satisfying. You just feel like so good about it. Yeah. Rather than opening a can, you know, you start a bit of your oil and into your big soup bucket and your vegetables or your onions or whatever else or garlic whatever you're using mm, carrots oh. yeah celery <laughs> spices whatever spices you want to use and I actually find if you're making chicken soup mm. one of my bit my best secrets for um, a really unique flavor to chicken soup is add a bit of curry powder oh okay just like a small amount like half a teaspoon okay what it does to the broth going back to where we were talking about so you add your vegetables and let's say you add your your chicken let's say we're making chicken soup and then you add your water and maybe some stock if you wanted to like your own yeah. vegetable stock after that you probably taste it and see how it tastes you might want to add a bit of salt or pepper or whatnot but you know i would add a little bit of curry powder and i find it would it actually really enhances the flavor and makes it different that sounds awesome and, and as far as going package free goes with all of these options here so far we have talked about a lot of fresh veggies veggies are usually one of the easiest things to get package free in a grocery store your onions oh, yes. your celery your carrots your potatoes all those different things meat is a little bit trickier so if you were to go for yeah. a meatless chicken soup option if you mm-hmm. wanted to go package free you could look at places like a bulk barn or any sort of bulk dry goods store and they often yeah. sell powdered chicken or vegetable stock and so you would just put in yes. a heaping teaspoon of that with a cup of boiling water yeah. and that equals a cup of stock. You can also get like actual soup mixes that are already pre-made and you just put those on the stove, but that but they also sell lentils and they also sell pasta. So you mentioned whole grain pasta, but you can also get things like black bean pasta, chickpea pasta, and some wheat-free pastas as well. Um, all from yeah. Bulk Barn. They're not yeah. sponsoring this at all. I just really love Bulk Barn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, and know. so, yeah, just to like put that out there that if you are ever in some sort of bulk food store, just go through every aisle to kind of see what's actually available to you because that is going to inspire you to try new things that you maybe didn't know about before, but also just let you know that those things exist in bulk and packagery. That's a great tip. Mm-hmm. So back to soup or other meals. So we've got soup, we've got a pasta. What's one more thing that somebody might try making from scratch? What I actually do for my own my own Chinese background, I make stuff like fried rice thing and, and obviously healthier than if you get in the restaurant or if you were to yeah. buy you know, you know, because I'm making it myself and I can kind of control what I'm putting in it. I use a rice cooker. And then I would take, you know, usually like lentils and they cook really well in the rice cooker. And then if I want to, to make it more flavorful, I might fry it and make kind of like a fried rice kind of thing. Nice. And that's when I can throw in some vegetables or some eggs or something like that. Let's say I want to make a one that's a vegetarian so I just have maybe beans and I have eggs and I have vegetables and I have the brown rice itself it makes the meal more complete nutritionally yeah um, because I've got the proteins but I've also got the fiber and Mm -hmm. then also I have all the vitamins and minerals from like the vegetables I'm adding whatever that might be usually I just kind of go with um, what I see on sale or what stir fries well do you kind of shop with any sort of meal plan in mind or um, a grocery list or do you kind of go with what's 
you know, maybe packaged for you and available sort of thing? Kind of do a bit of both. I find, um, I, I tend to look at the flyers. I want to see, or you can go online and check, and I want to see, you know, what's on special. And I find that actually helps me to plan my meals for the week. That's great. And yeah. having a few versatile things like a rice dish, a pasta dish, and a soup as your three things that maybe you'll make in large quantities. Having a few basic versatile recipes that yeah. can be adapted based on what veggies were available or what was on sale at Bulk Barn or something like that is a really wise way to approach making a meal and that way it's also like you know you're saving money and then you're also buying what's in season so in a way you're kind of like supporting the farmer yeah. in that way as well so there's this homemade granola recipe yes it's basically like a guideline recipe that i use it says you need four cups of oats but instead of having it all be oats you could substitute one cup of that for shredded coconut you could substitute one cup of that for something else and then you could have one cup of nuts but it could be whatever kind of nuts you want it needs a third cup of sweetener. So that could be honey, that could be maple syrup, it could be agave, it could be brown sugar. And so the recipe goes on, you need oil, you need, but it's very versatile and open-ended. Yeah. So if you're like, I don't really like olive oil, I would prefer to have coconut oil, you can do that. And it's just the same measurements for everything. It would be awesome to yeah. see that as a guide for people who wanted to start cooking from home. Yeah. For a stir fry, for a soup, for a basic pasta sauce, you can just swap in whatever things you want to make it still work. Someone should do that. Maybe a dietitian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, when I used to do meal plans for people. Oh, really? That was Yeah, that was what it was it was like pretty much it would be like okay so this is dinner you're going to get one starch you're going to get one protein and then you're going to get uh two vegetables and that way they can customize it and, and then eventually you know you kind of figure it out yourself where you're kind of like okay you just kind of know in your head how you're going to plan it out so you just have that basic structure in the back mm -hmm. of your mind and you know that oh i can buy this and then buy this and i'll put it all together and it becomes a meal that's right i wonder what else is daunting for people that prevents them from wanting to cook from home yeah i think time is a big factor yeah. most people don't know what they're having for dinner half an hour before dinner is served and that's just very realistic I think with a lot of people you know I think people feel like they're pressed for time or they're busy or something I don't I don't know what it is but that's what I see happening a lot and for parents I think if, if someone's a parent I think what they don't want is they they really don't want to go grab that pizza or take out pizza for their family but sometimes they feel like they don't have a choice so I think that's a big thing that uh, it's a challenge for a lot of people these days. And I wonder if, I don't know, I think that I think about food too much. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm mm -hmm. almost always thinking, what am I eating for dinner tonight? Which sounds yeah. like I'm just like really hungry all the time. No, but I think but that comes from a love of food and a love of cooking and a love of eating. That's my headspace. But I would like to try and figure out how to encourage people to practically think ahead to what their next meal is going to be. If you're a university student who's planning lunches for your week and bringing them to class, or if you know that you're, you have a busy work schedule in the evenings this week, so what can you put in the crock pot in the morning or take out the night before to defrost in order to have it on time for dinner? I would like to yeah. come up with some some practical ways to do that. And I think, I think making a meal plan at the start of the week is one way. Do you have any other ideas? Like for myself and, and my husband, we look at our schedules for the week. Mm -hmm. It's like, who can make dinner this night, right? Or who can cook? Yeah. I mean, okay, I know it's different for every household. What we'll do is we'll say, okay, so uh, today he has to go into clinic. So, and I'm working from home. So I'm going to do dinner. Mm -hmm. Tomorrow, it's like the opposite. Tomorrow, I'm going in to do work. Um, and then he's going to prep dinner. So that way, 
we kind of figure out based on each other's schedules, like how we can kind of plan so that we know who can do what. And if, for example, like let's say I have to do something in the evening, maybe I can get something started and he can finish it. And I also think it, it's for families too. It kind of helps them to bond a bit better. You know, who gets home from school and this one gets home from school. And then, you know, if your kid you know, is old enough, you know, how can they kind of help out or, or do great, something, yeah. you know, and then they're all the parents get home or after they pick up the kids or, or I don't know, or and then everyone's kind of working together so that it's not all on one person yeah. um, to, to feed the family. And and I mean, realistically, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying this enough, but it, it tends to be women. Women tend to be yeah responsible for feeding the kids and the family but I find when you get the whole family involved or you get your spouse involved or that kind of thing it just makes it a lot easier to kind of plan out that way you're not frantically trying to figure out what you're what you're what you're going to eat yeah uh, half an hour before you eat and I wonder too if that's part of the dislike of cooking it comes yeah. from possibly somebody expecting you to cook and maybe you don't feel like you're very good at it but you're expected to and, yeah. and it's too much pressure and so therefore you're just kind of like fine frozen pizza it is frozen lasagna to be able to incorporate a few home-cooked meals that number one reduce packaging but also are full of whole ingredients or whole foods for you that's really valuable and and you can feel good about that you can feel good about yourself for accomplishing something like that if you get roommates involved Mm -hmm. or your partner or whoever is sharing a household or a kitchen with you then that can be nice so you're not always feeling the burden of having to cook for other people and it does take away from it being an enjoyable experience that's right oh man (laughs) using food scraps so this is kind of taking cooking at home to the next level what are some ways that you find really effective in using up food scraps that might normally be thrown in the garbage or the compost often with food scraps i'm always trying to think about where i can reduce the amount of food waste Mm -hmm. i mean lately i've actually been not peeling my carrots yeah (laughs) so which i was taught your carrots if you're gonna yeah. wash them anyway like but you know what if you grew up having to peel like my dad has this thing um <laughs> where whenever he eats an apple he has to peel the skin off an old school chinese thing too and i'm just like oh dad he just like he has to peel the skin skin has a lot of the fiber and the nutrients right, right? yeah but whatever okay one thing you can do with your scraps is that uh, what i'll do is i'll put them aside freeze it like in a, in a container or something yeah. like that and then i'll use them to make like a really easy like vegetable stock how do you do that oh so uh you take all your scraps so let's say it's like the answer broccoli or it's kale stems or that kind of thing and then when I gather enough to when I make a stock what I do is I have a big pot fill up my pot with water I would put my scraps in like just something so that they're not all over the place like in a cheesecloth or a colander if you have one and then just boil that and it usually would take about two hours but you after it comes to boil you simmer it mm-hmm. so you don't have to worry about like watching it too much and so even like onion skins I'll do it with onion skins I'll do it with like the parts of the cauliflower if you did peel your carrots or even chopping the ends of those off or if you have even potato peelings if you yeah or i mean like you said you could just eat all of those skins when you're eating whatever you've chopped up but the ends of carrots the ends of onions celery for sure and i mean even with things like broccoli like sometimes people find some people only eat the florets i Mm -hmm. eat the stem part i Mm -hmm. actually really like the stem part yeah what i would do is i just chop it and i peel the skin off of it i can understand it can be really hard so the parts that are so i find once you peel the kind of the outer layer and you have the stalk it's actually quite good if you cook it with the other broccoli i find it's really good and then keep those bits like the outer skin and the bottom those would go in a stalk 
And then once they're cooked in your stock water and you've strained all your veggies, if you can compost, those are going to break down in your compost way faster than if they were in there raw. So that's another plus. <laughs> For sure. And then you'll get really nice soil. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. awesome. Oh, another thing with kale stems. My dog loves them. I give them to my dog. <laughs> Dogs love it. I don't know why. Gotta give it to the dog. She loves the kale stems. Oh, okay. and I can keep them for her. So when she wants like a nice crunchy snack, she gets the kale stems. Such a That's a great thing. idea. She give your dog kale. <laughs> she's like a leafy part because it's not nice and crunchy. So whatever. So yeah, if you have pets. That's great. <laughs> um, pets love it. Uh, if you have a rabbit, um, they love eating things like give them little little scraps too. Or yeah. Anyways, um, <laughs> do you have a few packaged items in your in your everyday staples that you haven't found package-free alternatives for yet um, that you really rely on? I don't know if it's like a specialty item at all or things you're not able to find an alternative for yet. Uh, well, if I did all my shopping at the bulk food store, I think I would get everything unpackaged. <laughs> That would be awesome. I, I don't even do that. <laughs> well, I think something, certain things that I wouldn't buy at the bug food store, I find, like, I'll buy my, my peppercorns, like, for my pepper mill and, and uh, the ones that come in a package, mm-hmm. I find. I know you can get them at Bug Barn, but I feel like when it's packaged, the smell is more um, intense, I find. I, that is tough with spices, but they replenish yeah. their spices basically on a um if not weekly then then more often than that basis that's why they do keep those bins so small just at bulk barn i know that that's their practice i don't know about maybe smaller independent um locations but yeah that can be tough to to make that call too right because you want everything to be super fresh i i think also when i buy the ones the spices that are in like the little jar or whatever Mm -hmm. i find i already have like a little container for it Mm -hmm. i don't have to go um searching for uh, a little a small little jar like like the other day we were shopping and I was trying to find like a nice thing just for my salt because our old salt shaker was like it was rusting which is not a good thing so Mm -hmm. I managed to find like a little bamboo kind of container Mm -hmm. thing to hold my salt that I really liked Uh, like I find with spices it it could be a little bit challenging I'm trying to think about what else I do when I do buy like rice and beans I usually buy them in a package like usually Mm -hmm. in like a large bag buying in bulk can still where you just buy the largest package that you can afford or reasonably carry (laughs) Um, oh that's what we do yeah exactly instead of of always having to make you know a separate trip maybe to the bulk store um, or something some people find that really challenging the other option is to just buy in bulk packaging wise just like what you're saying you buy the biggest bag of rice and that will last you a really long time and also will be less packaging than if you bought six small bags of rice versus one big bag of rice that's right yeah that's good so sometimes it's really hard to motivate friends and family to adopt the same healthy eating lifestyle and the same kind of package free lifestyle that's usually hardest with the people who are in your own home have you faced that at all and what kind of tactics do you have for encouraging family and friends to make that change? So I think it's a it's a kind of a two-way thing. And yes, part of it is talking about healthy eating and that kind of thing and making it relevant to them. If cost is one of the big reasons how expensive it is, let's say you're someone who's really on a budget, you're trying to save money, it's like, well, you know, eating more nutritious food. And, I, and by that, I don't mean buying the $20 salad at the restaurant. Yeah. Preparing things on your own will not only be healthier for you, but also help you save money. Yeah. So if it's something like disease prevention, so if somebody has 
an issue with cholesterol or heart disease. The reason why they're trying to change their eating habits is because they're trying mm-hmm. to better manage diabetes. Doing that, you know, can help your body very much so. And the other benefit that comes with it is producing less waste or being better for the planet. Yeah. And the other one too is yourself kind of is leading by example. So like for me, I got my sister, my younger sister, before, nutrition wasn't really a big thing for her. But then what it was for me, then she started getting more interest, interested in it too. And now she said she tries to do like meatless meals throughout the week because she wants to eat more plant-based because it's better for the environment, but also just maybe also for like a healthier thing, like, you know, eating a little bit healthier because usually when you eat more plant-based, you tend to eat more um, vegetables as well Mm -hmm. and fiber and minerals and vitamins that come with that. So Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of like both of those things. That's great. Yeah. Leading by example is definitely something that is probably easier for people rather than saying you should change you should eat better because yeah. that's a big turnoff for people to be told oh totally yeah <laughs> we even mentioned baked goods and we haven't talked about those yet making baked goods from scratch versus buying cookies in a package thoughts on that which one's well, better for you <laughs> i always think of a lot of for example cookies like unless they're like healthy breakfast cookies or something or or cookies that you know taste like cardboard i don't know to me it's almost always a treat you can buy a store-bought cookie and make your own and the calories and the nutrient breakdown would probably be about the same however there's a difference is that if you're making them yourself you can adjust the amount of whatever you put in so let's say you want less sugar you don't want them as sweet you can add less sugar the ones you buy in the store will have preservatives in them that's what makes them shelf stable in that way that is a way where it's not good for you because they might have trans fats in them the and trans fats are the kind they're the, the worst kinds of fats we can eat they are the kinds of fats that allow foods to remain uh, intact and not spoil at room temperature okay canada recently implemented trans fat ban i don't know how long that's going to take to actually take uh, a great change effect. yeah but if you make your own the reason why sometimes you know they go stale after a week or they're not as fresh over a certain time is because you didn't add the same preservatives that the ones you bought from the store that's great right? yeah. yeah so it is better in that way and then if you find too the ones you're having in the store it's like hmm well i think i would add less chocolate chips or i would i would actually alter the recipe to make it healthier so for example you would not use bright white flour in your in your cookie. You might do a mixture of white flour and whole grain flour, and that way it makes it a healthier cookie. So or you can using, make it healthier. Yeah, or using the natural peanut butter versus like a jar of Skippy or whatever um, yeah, peanut butter. Yeah, for sure. Ones that are just like, or you could swap it out and use your almond butter or whatever you wanted. And uh, lots of those are just just the nut and <laughs> nothing else in them. Yeah, uh, no added palm oil or sugar or what's usually added to things like the cheaper brands of peanut butter in order to make them more spreadable or more smooth or sweeter or whatnot, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So there's lots of different ways that no matter what you're making from home is going to be more healthy for you in theory and more healthy for you uh, in the long run. Because you have control in your own kitchen, you can also make choices where you're putting too much salt or maybe too much sugar or things like that. So it's it's a matter of (laughs) taking the time to learn and and to figure out what tastes good without actually being super unhealthy for you. <laughs> yes. Oh, something I should recommend for people who are just learning a recipe for the first time. Pick one that makes only 12 muffins or 12 cookies yep. or something. Or like just a small batch of pasta sauce or whatever you're doing. Just because <laughs> you're learning. What if it doesn't turn out? What if you've made this awful concoction? And you're like, you know what might taste good together? Mustard and soy sauce. Oh, what a mistake. <laughs> 
mistake. <laughs> Partially based on real experience. Um, it was atrocious. Thankfully, I only made a small amount of it. If it becomes inedible because you use salt instead of sugar or whatever the reason, then you're minimizing your food waste. <laughs> That's right. Good then tip. Hopefully you can compost, but even if you can't, <laughs> you're not throwing out a whole lot of food in yep. your practice stages. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so what kind of things can we challenge people this week to try to do to better take care of our bodies and the planet all in one? So I often say start with uh, one small change you want to make mm-hmm. this week. Otherwise, it can get very overwhelming. Yeah. Uh, there's one thing that you can do. When I used to work with um, another dietitian and we would do like a weekly group, it was kind of like a like a group of people who all wanted to be healthier. These are people in the clinic. And to not make people feel overwhelmed would be like to say, what's one small change you can try to work on this week? So it could be something like, I'm going to try to cook one meatless meal on Monday and then find a recipe. You know, you're going to you're going to make sure your your kitchen is stocked with the ingredients you need. And it's always, I find, helpful for you to have someone to keep you accountable. So for us, it was like that group we had, that support group. But I find if you tell someone, this is why people, uh, people who use Facebook too, a lot of times when people, I notice, people will write things on Facebook to say, like, this is my goal. Yeah. This is what I want to do. Oh, well, you already put it out there, so now you got to do it. Yeah. Yeah, especially <laughs> so, if you have to write pictures to come and then exactly, you have to right? fall through. Otherwise, people are going to be like, oh, she didn't do it. She's a flop. Or I remember, and I remember saying to my friend when I talked to her again, I'd be like, hey, did you do that thing you said you're going to do? You yeah. know, just to kind of like push, but in a positive way. Kind of like, yeah. hey, you said you do that. How did that go? Like, you know, in a supportive sort of way and remind you gently that you set this challenge up for yourself, this small challenge, and that you need to try to attempt it. Yeah, or to take that challenge with your friend or with your partner or with your roommate to to be like, okay, we are each going to pick a recipe this week and learn how to make it from scratch. Or we are each going to pick something in our lives that comes in packaging and see if we can find a package-free alternative. Like taking a challenge together is usually really effective to be able to motivate each other. For sure. Keep each other accountable. Absolutely. Where can people find you online if they want to learn more about changing their diet or living healthier, that sort of thing? So my website is nutritionartist.com. And on there, I was just thinking, this is something I, I didn't think about to mention till now, but I actually had, um, I actually did a, a TV segment oh. on how to reduce food waste in your home. What? Uh, yeah, this was a couple, this is actually back in April for Earth Day. It was on Global, Global TV morning show. Uh, if you want, I can give you a link. Yeah, I'll include the link for that in the in the description box for this podcast. Yeah, and there's a blog post to go with it too, just in case people didn't catch what I was saying. That's awesome. TV goes fast, so you can check that out. And also on Instagram and Twitter, I'm at Nutrition Artist. Great. And uh, on Facebook, at Nutrition Artist RD. Wonderful. And on YouTube. Oh, yes, YouTube. You can just search Michelle Jalen on YouTube. Well, thanks again for wanting to talk about all these different changes that people can make and how to motivate and be practical all at the same time yes thank you for having me Elspeth thanks again for listening everyone if you'd like to learn more from Michelle you can find her on YouTube on her website and on social media at Nutrition Artist links in the description box below I hope you're feeling inspired to use these practical tips and make a few homemade meals this week so you can feel good mentally physically and environmentally have a great week everyone and talk to you soon